0: Excellent. An ale for me and for my officers. In fact, ales
1: for everyone. Oh, oh, Turn backwards. R- with Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to 10 Banquet, a UK-based Star Trek podcast featuring myself, Will Turland, this lady to the right of me, Gemma Turland. Hi! A man over the internet, Rick Everson. Hello! And a second man over the internet, Rick Palmer. Hi there! <laughs> welcome, everyone. And uh, we are recording this as our first podcast of 2021 actually
2: yeah
1: but confusingly for you listeners it won't be the first podcast that we put out in 2021 because we had a bit of a backlog
3: yeah
1: and so then this this intro is sort of confused things yeah
3: wasted and confusing and and it
1: is irrelevant in many ways
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's not to us it's relevant to us
2: happy new year for three episodes ago i guess that's fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I I hope everything is okay when you hear this when we finally get it out. Yes. And um as in 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 keeping with with that idea we're going to be talking about something quite timely which is the end of Discovery season 3 or rather I think we'd we're going to talk about the, the second half of Discovery season 3 which to our point of view, has just finished. we just yeah. seen the, the season finale.
2: For, for, for those longer-term listeners, um, thank you for your loyalty. And um, <laughs> you may remember we had an episode, um, our ninth episode, in fact, was talking about the first four episodes of season three. For those new listeners, welcome aboard. Hello, lovely to see you. I like your shoes. Um, go back and re- listen to the episode because we talk about the four episodes and we're probably not going to cover old ground again. Um because we all kind of feel the same way about those episodes, they were good. We yeah. liked them. Spoiler alert! I mean, you you
1: say we're not going to cover old ground again. That's that's ninety percent of what we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's covering old ground. There's
2: yeah. just going off on random tangents. Uh, um...
1: That's true. Well, that's that's mostly the old ground that we cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
2: so we we talked previously of um, episodes one through four. So that that had the crew fi- get, find themselves in the 32nd century, go to Earth, um, meet Adira, who had a Trill symbiont, take her to Trill, where she was able to they were able to um, access all the symbiont's previous host memories. Um, and so then we begin from Episode 5 where Discovery finds its way to Federation Headquarters. <laughs>
1: Yes, and we, and loads of really cool stuff happens there. The um, end. The, <laughs> the end.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we're not, we're not necessarily going to recap every episode, but I think it's sort of the 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 discovery of reuniting with Starfleet is kind of a big deal. And it was, um, it was, yeah. it's, got a, it's a pretty awesome moment. They go in there and they see all these crazy new ship designs. There's a couple of special references there. Um, we saw the USS Nog, which was a nice mm. reference to Aaron Eisenberg, um, and we also see the Voyager J, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that
0: was that was that was awesome. For for a minute, I thought it was just Voyager that had been updated so it was still the original voyager because it looked it looked sort of similar in terms of its shape but then i realized it was just a brand new ship mm. <clears throat> as is the tradition
2: yeah i mean it, it had very it had very similar design lineage to the the intrepid class shape so, mm. um, which i think says so i guess it's kind of filling that role and have paying some Paying some homage back to the uh, original Voyager, but uh, yeah, it was pretty special to see that reference <laughs> like that. And I, I loved all the crew looking out and having just massive boners for these ships. They see and how awesome. Yeah, it's
0: cool like. when the crew gets to geek out alongside. Mm. The- the fans, or vice versa. Yeah.
3: The distortion field seems to be sustained by the collective energy of every ship within it. Detecting neutronium alloy fibres, those used to be theoretical. Some of
1: these hulls are organic. <laughs> some some are completely
3: comprised of holographic containment walls. Is that a new constitution? I bet it can sleep a crew of a 1,000. No, 2,000. Detect-
1: what did you guys make of, of Federation headquarters as a whole? Because I guess uh, in the past we've always... <clears throat> seen well, a sort of Starfleet headquarters is on Earth, isn't mm. it? We um, know that Federation headquarters has really been a sort of a, a sort of a thing.
3: Well, it, it was so spread out, of course, mm. wasn't it? It was yeah. So many, the, you, you couldn't have had a headquarters.
2: Well, I suppose the seat of power is the president's office, which is in Paris. Mm. Um, but I, I kind of like the move that you know that maybe the Federation isn't so Earth centric these days. Um, well, of course they can't be because well, they've been kicked out. There, there's a very good reason for that. But gen- as a general yeah. thing, I like, you know, that's if the Federation is the big thing of unity with other cultures and other races that um, it purports to be. Why is it so Earth-centric or, for all those all that time? You know, that's wh- Why shouldn't it be somewhere else? So I quite I, I like that. There's a that it's a separate place. Tactically, it's awful because Starfleet Command and Federation headquarters are in the same. But they were on Earth, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> yeah but obviously we see that become an issue later so.
3: going uh, just just commenting on your they not being so earth-centric anymore um there is something comes just points of conversation comes up with a, a character that hasn't been introduced yet in our conversation where she she uh comments on how everything is still human how the, all the um, mm. holograms are still human. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's still um a slight Earth-centric yeah.
2: attitude. I suppose it's a difficult habit to shake off completely.
3: Uh, mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And that that character does kind of have a point as well. She
3: does, definitely. That's Cyrrus. Cyrrus. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. One thing I noticed about uh, the new headquarters of the federation is that it has sort of smart matter that creates creates things Mm. as you're walking along. Like it will create a floor for you as you're walking somewhere. And I was thinking, (laughs) I'm not sure I'd like that. I like my (laughs) floors to be floors. (laughs) Um, Mm. I'm not sure I because you know there's there. I mean. uh, 900 years ago, there were people who had a phobia of transporters not working. I'd be like, mm. well, what if the programme of all matter just decides not to be a floor and decides to be a hole?
3: Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm going to plummet
0: yeah. to my
1: death. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of spikes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: or, or it, it just... I mean, also, they, they, um, they have a history of uh, a substance that they base their entire uh, society on has just suddenly exploded on them. Yeah, and yet they use this technology. Yeah,
2: exactly. an yeah.
3: you think they might be a little bit more circumspect.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, agreed. <laughs> you imagine you're walking across the floor, so just goes blue, and a little sad face appears, and it has to reset.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. 300, 300 staff lost to floor not happening <laughs> uh, in memory. <laughs> in memory, like just light a candle.
1: <laughs> that's, that's interesting because then, um, and I think it's in. That episode as well, or oh, maybe actually that's a subsequent episode that D- that Discovery gets a, a sort of a refit, doesn't it, yes. and gets installed with smart matter. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, in the season finale, they they do. They, they do something to the smart matter to, like, um, unstick one of the main cells, don't yeah, they, yeah. To, to bring the ship out of the world. Mm. So, like, the, the kind of very weakness that we are discussing with the whole idea of smart matter is something they utilise mm. in the finale, which which I think reinforces the point that Rick was saying, um, like,
2: <laughs> what, what's wrong with a good old-fashioned floor? You know,
1: Indeed. It's I mean, like, I-
2: there's a... I was, so I was going to say, Detmer it, is not happy with it, actually, because when they have the upgrade, her console is programmable matter, and she's, like, not mm. keen on it. And then in the finale, when when Burnham's reset the main computer, and she goes, oh, it's back to the old operating system. And she's like, yes, I fucking love yeah. Windows 95. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I was, was going to make a Windows 95. <laughs> <laughs> <just> got
1: there. <laughs> Yeah but it's it's interesting i mean i quite i quite like the refit discovery mm. and i did think do you know that makes it's not just a cool thing they, they they wanted to do in the series it does make sense you know the ship is like 900 years out of date Oh, they couldn't they, just let
2: it let them run around in a 900 year old out of date ship that would be crazy yes yeah. Yeah. So, um so I, I did like and i quite like that they didn't have to like take discovery out of commission for two episodes, or have any sort of realistic time frame, because mm. magic programmable matter. Um Which you know, I, I, I say that in a disdainful way, but I'm not disdainful. I think it's brilliant because it is 900 years. I want to see new, new technology stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, I, yeah the, the the floor point is great. You know, they could the Admiral Vance could go on and on saying, "Oh, this programmable matter is completely safe. We've totally got this to working." And I like, that's what they used to say about holodecks.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hope the programmable matter has some safeties yeah. and they can't be switched off.
2: In fact, we see in episode five they still haven't got holograms right because Giorgio yeah. Giorgio buggers them up by blinking. Yeah.
3: You broke my hollows. Blinking at the harmonic rate disrupts the hollow protocols, creating a reference loop that shuts them down. Upgrade your programs and stop wasting my time.
1: Yeah, well, it seems like a bit of a silly um i mean they should have patched that (laughs) years ago (laughs) which
3: is basically what she says though yes Mm.
2: Um, can can we talk about that moment actually because you can forgive the silliness of that because david cronenberg's there yes yes
1: and i i was really a little bit blown away by this (laughs) david cronenberg's one of my favorite directors he's Mm, directed some of my all-time favorite movies Mm -hmm. like videodrome fly and and he's just he's just a really cool guy and it's great to see him um being an actor in star trek i was was so excited by
2: that (laughs) he's got he's got a really great presence as well i I really enjoy him he's Mm. he's kind of he's very unusual kind of guy and you're not really sure what he's about and he's just got such a calm manner to him as well which is yeah, he's very, very enjoyable. I'm very happy that he stuck around for more episodes and he's going to be, I think he's back in season four.
0: He's mm-hmm. not intimidated by Georgia. Either.
2: That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he there's an air of mystery
1: about him as well. Like he seems to know things that he maybe shouldn't know. And he, yeah. cause he knows stuff about the mirror universe, doesn't mm-hmm.
3: he? And he's there kind of... Um, uh, hmm talking to the admirable
2: admirable <laughs> <laughs> the
3: admiral on his on his kind of level but he holds yeah. no rank
2: yeah we just don't um, know what's he, what's he about what's his department what's his job mm. april 5th is my birthday
3: a terran holy day
1: april 5th 2063 first ever contact between terrans and a
3: vulcan ship. but then your people slaughtered everybody on board Hawkins need to learn to stay in their lane sometimes, and it's not like it's a high holy day.
0: I've been fascinated
3: by Terran history and methodology since I was a boy. He's, he's, yeah. he's well
2: informed, but who does he report to?
3: Didn't they talk about, um, at one point... The cat. The bad lady, the green lady.
2: <laughs> Asira. Heaven, Asira.
3: Asira? Asira. She was talking about meeting the um, president or... I don't know, the head of the Federation.
1: Yeah.
3: And there was lots of, you know, he was kind of batting that away, and, oh, no, you can speak to me. What if he's the president of the Federation?
2: <gasps> yeah, oh, yeah. That never really occurred to me. That'd be amazing. It seems unlikely, given he, he would just... Because there's a bit when, in the Giorgio two-parter, early on, when um uh, Hugh's done all the research on Giorgio and her condition... And he says, "Oh, mm. if you just come, I could have told you what the problem was if you come and talk to me." It's like, which makes him sound a lot more accessible than the president would be. But on the other hand, he's clearly got a special interest in Georgia and the mirror universe. So, mm. yeah, kind if...
3: maybe, maybe he likes to sort of rule by being in around his people.
2: And that's actually yeah. why didn't he come hand. ask me? Isn't Might it have like been a, like a wry little joke. And done, <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah.
3: Or maybe he isn't, because I, thought, I like the
2: idea. I want him to be the president. The
3: admiral yeah. didn't do as he was told, did he? I don't know. No. I do want no. him to be
2: the president. now, Gemma. you put that idea in.
3: Then... I'm sorry, Rick, I hope it comes true. But
0: I like the mon- the debriefing montage in this episode too. <clears throat> I thought that was fun. It yeah, was. <laughs> like this se- this season is pretty action packed, and um, it's a lot of a lot of emotional storylines going on. But it's nice when it has a bit of. You can have a bit of a fun as well yeah. and this, this seemed to be a connector yeah. where they they were able to do that
2: yeah jet reno being debriefed is brilliant <laughs> yeah oh and you know sorry hugh being debriefed i mean it's like talking about being dead and now he's back and
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it and i, I, th- I think we we'll, we might sort of go go around and talk about this a bit more but i think this this one might be one of my favorite episodes from the season. Mm. If and I I don't I don't really know why. I just remember watching it and just feeling like Discovery had really hit its stride in this episode even though mm. they they find the federation uh, headquarters and it but it's not it loads happen in this loads happens in this episode but it's not enormously eventful. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it sticks on my mind as one that I really enjoyed. I just felt like Everything about it works Maybe I was just like fanboying over David Cronenberg, <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's what I'm remembering about it. But you
2: can you can look on this episode as kind of being a bit of a, 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 a key center point to the series because the first few episodes were leading into this. Like, where's the Federation? How do we meet, join the fleet? What? Who's in charge? What's going on? At this point, mm. they get that they start answering those questions. They're not immediately trusted, which is kind of an understandable thing. But then, yes. everything else, everything after, radiates from this episode. Yeah, you know, because this is the episode where they hear the Federation is small, contained, it's under resourced, it's fighting a losing battle against the Emerald Chain, and that obviously time travel is from... time
0: travel is outlawed. Exactly. They, this...
2: they... Yeah. Every key point for the rest of the series has some root in this episode. So I think it's kind of like a, a linchpin or keystone of the, yeah. uh, of the season.
1: Uh, and I, I found it quite surprising that they... I, I, you know, I was picturing maybe, the, the, maybe we find the Federation in the finale or something. I wasn't necessarily expecting in this episode... They found the Federation, and then we we find out how about how a whole bunch of stuff about what's been going on, and yeah. uh, but not the cause of the burn. Mm. No, yeah, that comes later. Yeah. Um, and I think I was, yeah, I think I was just just quite happy with the sort of, the pace of the series as well. That they were kind of getting to the point. They weren't dragging mm. out the finding of the Federation. Mm. I liked that,
0: and also it wasn't an episode where. There were massively high stakes. It was just mm. it had a lot of. There was a. It had time for a lot of smaller stuff to go on. Just, just some universe building. You mm. know, uh, a bit more time. A bit more time with the characters. You know, and uh, which I think is good. I think you know with with Discovery only having thirteen episodes this season, I'm worried that. It seems to be going down. Discovery's season length seems to be going down by one episode per season. Because season one was fifteen episodes, season three was thirteen episodes. So I'm worried by you know in a couple of seasons' time we'll be down to like ten episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was good to have this bit of a bit of not too so much calm, but just an episode where we had a bit more, a bit of downtime, I suppose.
2: Yeah, it was a it was because I mean some big stuff had happened in previous mm. episodes, finding Trill, finding Earth. Um, and all those, so it's kind of a... But we still do have a bit of a peril storyline. We find there's um, an illness ravaging a particular species. Um, so they go off to find a seed ship to see if they can find a particular <coughs> plant that could be used for a cure. Um,
0: we can do it. Discovery can do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, we, we spent two years establishing this Sport drive, so it's kind of nice oh, yeah. that Discovery has that sort of big deal card to play mm. in this situation. Um, uh, and, yes, the Seed Ship storyline is kind of... It's, 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 quite, it's, it's, it's a nice storyline. I've got a problem with it. It's not massive, and I think it's, it could have felt a bit shoehorned in as the need to have a bit of an action story in amongst the Finding the Federation stuff. But um, the payoff, I think, is having the barson link and Narn leave at the end. Which yes, I was yes, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, which I was a bit sad about, because I, I really enjoyed Narn as a character. Yeah, yeah me too.
3: I,
1: yeah, I was hoping that wasn't the last we'd see of her this season, mm. but it, it was. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, she's still open for a turn. Yeah, but yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. But
3: yeah, but
1: yeah I... I liked that that storyline as well, and I, I, it was quite sort of efficiently told, hmm. and it, um, yeah, I, it, it was good. Yeah, it was yeah. a good little story.
2: Yeah, and then of course, Lee discovery has proven proven itself, so um, that worked out well, and um, we sort of have that first step, of uh, the federation. It's kind of a weird thing that they turn up, but the federation are like I'm not really sure about you guys. Because, you know, as, as they currently point out, there's no records. Time travel's banned. What, what have you just done turning up here? We are anxious to help our Federation family, of course. And I appreciate the offer,
1: but a debrief must come first. Our journey here must be quite the story. A story we are eager to tell. Admiral. Not as eager as I am to hear it. And we don't, we don't trust the Admiral, really, in that episode, I think. No. No. Which I like. No. And I, I like that that changes as the series go on, goes on. And actually, he didn't turn out to be a, a badmiral. No, no. no, he turned out to be a, a stand up guy,
0: but he was, I think. Yeah, I don't
3: know. I, he was on the edge for a while, I think.
0: I think, yeah. I, I think he was, he was a, I don't think he was a badmiral at all. I, I think he was just doing his job.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, we agree with you. But there was a hint that he could be a badmiral. Bad miracle. I, mean, I, can't I, I, do, I, I can't prefer bad <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's but, fair uh, enough,
0: I guess. But,
3: um,
1: because we, we're, yeah. so, we're so used to admirals being bad, I guess.
3: Yeah.
0: Yes,
1: yeah. yeah, so I think that's it. And I, I think maybe they played on that yeah. kind of knowingly. I think that, you know, yeah. he was always intended to be a, a, uh, a good miracle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, nothing, nothing, none of his actions, nothing he did. Was was sus? If you look back at the fact, he's just a he was just being very cautious in a very strange mm. situation. It's completely understandable, but at the yeah. same point, we're like we know these guys are trustworthy because we've mm. had two and a bit series of them, um, and we've seen a lot of admirals. So
3: yeah, yeah. But there also there were also hints uh, when talking to other uh, species, other worlds who aren't who have left. Mm. Um, and they say, oh, don't trust the Federation anymore. Yes, yeah. Uh, it always comes with strings attached. You know, they they'd said negative things about it. So when he was behaving a little bit sus to our eyes and these guys were saying, don't mm. trust the Federation, that kind of built up that. Kind of <laughs> is. Is, that
1: is, is that in the um, the episode where we where we meet the Vulcans? Yes. Is oh, that,
3: that's one. Of, I mean, they weren't the only ones, I yeah. think.
2: No, I suppose the yeah. Vulcans had a very specific example. Yeah. Um, although, albeit, you know, um, the Federation were clearly getting a bit desperate as the dilithium stocks ran dry and essentially mm-hmm. forced them to continue their work on a, on a new propulsion. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's kind of like... That combined, but, um, yeah, you can totally see why you've sort of got to be careful because the Federation's still going to be that. And to be also, you know, yeah. early last this time last year, we were watching Picard, uh, which showed us a Federation that really was in danger of losing its way. Yeah. So, if you know, if that decline had continued over the next few centuries, uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, we still don't know. There's, no, we don't. We're, we're not 100% this Federation's as good as it could be. Uh, Yeah. But I think what I really liked, actually, at the end of this, the fifth episode was um, Saru had a little speech about uh, the Renaissance and how this could be the Federation's Renaissance. For the first time in a long time, humans looked up. Discovery is a servant of the Federation. But I
3: believe that our unique perspective from a revered time may may help us
2: to look up yes sir uh, i really like that because that's a really hopeful positive thing that we can yeah and if that's the tone and the way that discovery is going to go forward is to try and build a new a renaissance in the federation that's a real that could be a really good series
1: yeah yeah absolutely um is, so is. Was it episode six where we meet the Vulcans and run? No, episode six
2: um, is Burnham's unauthorised rescue mission.
1: Yes, oh, nice. that's say so that's where we're introduced to Rin, isn't it? It yeah. is, yes. Um, he's obviously
2: a character very close, very dear to our hearts.
3: Friend <laughs> yeah. of
2: the show. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rin played by the, the excellent gentleman, uh, Noah Averbuck Katz. who um, if you go back to episode 101 of our podcast, you can hear us talk to him.
1: Um, yeah and uh, you know if you haven't heard that episode you should totally check that out because it's a really good interview I think
2: yes I really enjoyed it oh he's an absolutely lovely man
1: and I I really like this episode actually Mm -hmm. Um, I I thought this one was was a lot of fun Um, visually it was pretty cool is it I, I don't know was it great that we have Burnham kind of Doing the thing of disobeying orders and going off again—I don't know, but I, there, there are consequences to her doing are, that. She yeah, just gets pulled true. on. Yeah, the, this yeah. time around, there
0: are consequences, which was because I, I, was the same. Will I thought I'm getting a bit. This is a bit, a bit predictable now, but at least, mm-hmm. at least after this event, you know, there are consequences for been and also, you know, later on, like Teddy calls her on that, which I think mm-hmm. is important it's important for the, that character to do that, you know, yes. not to just, not to just yeah. let it fly, but not, not to just let this kind of, let it, let it go, you know.
2: And I think, yeah, I think it's important for Saru to call her on it and to, yeah. to have to demote her essentially because he's a new captain. And I, I, I one of the things I really enjoy in this series is Saru trying to find his feet in, as, in the captain's role. He doesn't just, pick it up and go and run with it straight away he's 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 obviously got his own doubts and issues around it and um he, he doesn't immediately work as well as he could with the admiral the admiral has to call him out on his own uh issues going through that um yeah you know, and it's just even if it's little things like what should i say to when we when we when we launch he's trying to find his little engaging catchphrase
1: yeah yeah That's that was nice. a fun little bit. Yeah. i like that
2: i think didn't didn't we we had this
1: discussion didn't we, we didn't we try
2: and do something
3: oh, i think we did it we did it amongst ourselves so yeah i, I think, I think that might
2: have it. been like of a whatsapp group or something yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we did
1: <laughs> yeah i think most of our suggestions were swear words
2: <laughs> uh, we're very mature like that so. <laughs> yeah but yeah, it's 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 good because she does go off on one, yeah, um, completely unauthorized. She takes Giorgio with her, which is questionable at best.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but obviously, good because yeah. you know, it was a really it was good episode, some good action stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm glad she rescued Book because I really like him.
1: Yeah, and and his cat. Well, no, actually, the cat was always okay, yeah, wasn't it? The cat was, the cat was yeah. on the ship. Ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> no i like book and yeah. um yeah and i really liked the introduction to rin and i, I like that he became a recurring character mm. um yeah and, mm. and and we'd find out a bit about the about Asira and, mm. and
3: yes um, yeah as a yeah as a a foe a worthy foe mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah. great
2: yeah yes that's an ep- that was a really good fun episode because again some key ramifications
1: on that yeah and and yeah I like that 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 fed into subsequent episodes and it it wasn't yeah it wasn't sort of as throwaway as it seemed at the Mm. time Mm.
0: yeah Uh, when is the point at which um, Saru decides (laughs) to have Tilly as his acting first officer what episode does that happen in is that in this episode
2: no he, he fires Burnham at the end of this one and oh, I think okay. I think it's in the following one that he recruits, who tries to recruit Tilly, and she accepts at the end.
0: Right. Okay. It's mm-hmm. Unification Three. Yes. Yeah, I really yeah. like this one. Yeah. I thought, Unification it has um, yeah. because because in this episode they watch a bit of they watch a bit of TNG in this episode.
1: They <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah, they've got Space Netflix, so they're able to stream it, which is good. <laughs>
3: Ambassador Spock, Circus Stardate 45825. Coordinates redacted. Retrieved from Classified Archive. The personal files of Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Play. Closed minds have kept these two worlds apart for centuries. We can either choose to live with that enmity or seek a way to change it.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's such a great... um, It's it's just nice to, to kind of show that it's in... In this universe, it references it references the past show, like this, yeah. this this series references a past series. I think yeah. as much as much as the as much as the shows depict a connected continuity, it's nice that the actual series themselves show a continuity.
2: I, th- well, I mean, the the fact they pay this off is is really really good because it's you know obviously. Spock's work on unification is a massive deal. Um, to depict that that's been achieved, to say you know Spock did it, mm. he started this thing and it, it, it turned out this. It's got a double impact because A, we all know about it. So we're like yeah, Spock, he was successful. It's fantastic. But also there's that massive impact for Burnham because just just a, a little while previously in her in her eyes she saw Spock as such a young man, her little brother. Mm was really struggling with his route. And then it's in this position where she's seeing recordings of an old man trying to initiate this work and and set this thing. And (laughs) centuries later, it's worked he's done it. And the achievement he's made, you know, the the life he's led, the achievements he's, he's made must be so, so incredible for her. And so, and also quite sad because she's missed it. She skipped over it and now he's dead and long, you know, long dead. And it's,
0: yeah and it's connected it's weirdly connected Ethan Peck's Spock with Zachary Quinto's Spock because Ethan Peck mm. is the younger version of right. Leonard Nimoy's yeah. Spock and then Leonard Nimoy's Spock goes to the Kelvin verse and meets Zachary Quinto's yeah. well, yeah. Spock so it's, yeah. it has that connecting value that has that connection there as well, mm. well yeah
2: it yeah. all circles around
1: um and it's and it's cool that it's 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 a clip from TNG that they're showing, but it's it's an original series character <laughs> who can, who guest starred in a TNG episode. Like, there's it's even more meta, um,
2: and because they name drop Picard, um, yeah. it, it, completely sensibly not not for for no reason. He was key to the episode unification, so yeah. Um, but also, we get a a reference back to Picard the series because we we yes, have indeed. the um. The infinite candor guys, yeah, absolute candor, absolute Absolute candor,
1: not infinite candor, infinite candor. That's (laughs) too much candor. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) I like my candor uh, absolute.
3: (laughs) I (laughs) I don't. I like. I like. I like. I like
1: sixty percent candor.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The sisters of the Kuat Malat bind themselves to lost causes, and right now. There's no cause more lost than yours. No, no, no.
0: The whole point of the Takala is to hear facts and to use logic.
2: They'll see. What they need to see. Just like the rest
1: of us. And as well, I'd say I, I did think though that the con- contrivance that we then also meet Burnham's mother again in this episode, that I, I, I did, I, that, felt that's felt a bit like sort of small universe syndrome to me. Like it was mm. a bit of a coincidence.
3: I, I, I agree with that, but I liked the way they used it.
2: Mm. They didn't overdo um, it.
3: No. And the, the way they explored that relationship and how her mother is this mother who she's, who hasn't been a mother for her for most of her life because She couldn't, and uh, and and she's expecting her to support her in everything and back her in everything, regardless because she is her mother. But she kind of, and also with her vows, she can't anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, but she does help Burnham. Yeah, but not in the way that Burnham thinks that she's going Mm. to. Yeah. So Um, she also,
3: yeah, I mean, also does the right thing as a mother. Yeah, teaches her. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's yeah. It was, I think if if it had been it some look. unknown sister from Coat Malat who had talked to Burnham like that, it might not have had the impact. But coming from her mother, there's kind of an extra thing there that maybe gets through Burnham's head and you know helps her see how she needs to proceed here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the drama of it works. I think mm. I think you're right, I
2: and mean, you, like, I think you can make a logical explanation though. If you're if you're Burnham's mother, you find Burnham. If eh? if you, if, you <laughs> if you're Burnham's mother and you you've you see Burnham save the universe, where where do you think you might run into her? Most likely, well, Vulcan, where she grew up, or Earth. Mm. So she picked Vulcan. Kind of makes an internal sense to an you know. Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. Small universe, end up, but you know, it they...
3: wasn't, yeah, it wasn't she actually discovered by the co op Oh,
2: yeah, no, you're right, yeah, sorry. Um, where, where the planet she ended up on had colonists who did deliver to the co op All right, yeah, small universe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know, you can I think uh, I, I find myself more com- com- forgiving of plot contrivances like that if it like if if it works, if the mm. drama of the story works. And yeah, like you were saying, Gemma, actually the the what they did with it was really good. So you know, I'll I'll take that point. <laughs> but I think as well it's
0: also something with with Discovery, Burnham is the main character. It isn't like previous Trek series which have a more of an ensemble feel. So I think you're gonna have mm. more stuff like that happening, aren't you? Yeah. Because because this character is is sort of leading the series basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, one, one thing I did really like about this episode is that it was basically a sort of a, a a bottle like we we went to to vulcan we get this revelation about vulcan and and romulan um you know that sort of working together and stuff we don't go down to the planet and see it we no. basically get a bottle episode which is a courtroom drama <laughs> all set in one room and i was just like oh, this this is so star trek um <laughs> and I, and I, but I, I mean that genuinely in a, in a positive way I was like, <laughs> you know this is great stuff even
0: You're when fair. they like, there's, there's kind of um, they talk about the the judges that they got like, well, this guy, this guy's is probably going to be on your side, this guy is probably in the middle, and this guy is not on your side. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so you know, this, this is what you got to deal with.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, They're like, right, and now get ready to talk for for twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Make it
2: good and say. <laughs> Uh, I just loved it though. I loved it. I love that they did this this um, just talky bottle show.
1: Yeah, I I, I really liked this yeah. one. I did. Yeah, I thought yeah it was okay. good. It just felt very Star
2: Trek. Mm-hmm. I um I put out on Twitter earlier um about anyone who what people asking me what generally what people thought about season three. Um, got a few replies, which I'm going to. Cover, I think, probably a bit later with some of them, but there's just one I wanted to bring up at this point because it seems like a good one to mention. Uh, I, Hannah Siberia said um, it got too violent for me, which uh, we can maybe address later because talk about the violence and so much crying, and a lot of people have complained that Burnham cries too much. Now. I, I, I one, of the, one of the crying things I remember is obviously this episode. But I think considering what I was just saying about the, the reaction to her brother and everything, I kind of understand that that would be a bit tearful and emotional for her.
3: You know, I never let myself look back to find out who he became.
2: You guys are chronic overachievers. And what do you guys think? Do you think she cries too much?
1: I think, I guess what you could say, well, you know, in in the first season, there's a big thing about her being so unemotional because she was raised on Vulcan. And one thing I would say is they they do seem to have largely forgotten about that.
3: Well, I think, I don't think they've forgotten about that. I think they've decided to move away from that because she's had a year living on the edge with books she's kind of freed herself from all that
1: yeah so
3: if you free yourself into emotion then you're gonna express emotions i I guess
1: Uh,
0: yeah i i I do in a way i I do agree i but i suppose i i feel like that comes that must come from direction and there are things that happen with making a tv show in this way Discovery doesn't have, it's only had 13 episodes. It's, I feel like Discovery crams a lot in mm-hmm. in terms of what it yeah. wants to do in a series. So I, I just feel like, you know, it, it it is, I would say it is at times ov- overly dramatic and, and a bit overly emotional at times but I suppose that that comes with what they're trying to do with the show in the amount of time they have to tell the story that they do. The direction that they have and what the writers want I don't know but I I, I I would I would tend to agree with with Hannah Saberia there but I but I think you have to look at that in, in context I suppose
2: I, I mean my, my feeling is she was raised on Vulcan she's not Vulcan so the very fact mm-hmm. that she's spent so many years suppressing emotions is extremely unhealthy mm. so I would say not only is she now finding more outlook for emotion it's probably overdone I think she emotionally she's I don't. Know, you could say she would emotionally be be struggling because of having years of suppression. I mean, Vulcans are literally they have um, a biological function to suppress because they they mentioned in Meld and Voyager. They can. The doctor says he can suppress a certain part of Tuvok's brain that's used to hold that back emotion. Um, humans aren't obviously. Uh, so the fact she's trying to live like that. It's probably incredibly unhealthy for her, so I'm, kind of, I'm going to kind of say, um, yes, she does cry, but I kind of understand why in most cases. So,
0: yeah, crying. I mean, I would say you know, crying in the shower. because uh, no one could tell. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but we can't have that scene because it's I mean, there. be I mean, I don't know how you'd get that into an episode.
1: Well, it'd be a sonic shower, I guess, wouldn't it? So maybe you yeah. could tell. <laughs> But I, I think I mean, uh, there was th- that that wasn't something that stood out, something that bothered me mm. in the series. That so I think there are there are other things I that did bother me in in mm. season three. Mm. Discovery, but, but Bernard's crying wasn't wasn't one of them.
3: I'm I'm genuinely trying to remember the time. I don't remember the time she cried. So obviously, yeah. it didn't bother me that much. No, she, yeah. she,
2: she cried when she watched the stuff about Spock. Oh, right, yeah. And I completely get oh, that. Yeah.
3: makes sense. Yeah.
2: yeah. She, she got a bit tearful when Saru told her mm-hmm. that he was relieving her of um, duties as first officer. Tears um, of joy. See, that,
3: that's <laughs> interesting, though, isn't it? Because uh, would a male character <clears throat> be, de- be depicted doing that?
2: Um, what well, you know, don't know. It's interesting because I saw someone the other day tweet, and I forget who it was now, but they tweeted um, I'm relaxed. I'm relaxing my stance on Burnham's crying because I'm re-watching 24 and Jack Bowers cried lots. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a bit like so Crying's okay because you saw a white dude do it. But I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> no, I'm probably reading too much into that. But uh, I mean, yeah, she's she's carrying the guilt for dragging all the crew into the future and leaving the families behind, things like that as well. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Um,
1: should we should we move on to the? Um, should we talk a bit about the next episode?
2: Yeah, um, we return to yeah. books. Well, we don't return. We go to books' home planet.
1: Hmm. What Sanctuary.
2: Mean, yeah. Cool. Under- Sanctuary. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> under threat from the Emerald Chain. Indeed.
1: Yeah, it's it's a Jonathan Frakes directed episode, this one. It episode. is, yeah, which is always fun. I, I just enjoyed this one. I just remember feeling again. Like the the show was was just doing everything I wanted a Star Trek show to do in this one. Uh, it had a space battle.
3: It had a great space um, battle.
1: Oh yes. I enjoyed the pairing of Detmer and, and Rin.
0: Yeah, well, Rin
3: came um,
2: back,
1: so that was great. And um, and massive yeah. massive cat,
3: massive angry cat. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
1: it's not a special effect. Yeah. As we found out
2: it was it was nice to yeah. see Detmer get get something get through this and get her kind of a, get her mojo back. Yes. Well. Yeah. Because um, I think something that w- was done really well was depicting that there is a big impact on people um, having jumped into the future and that the subsequent events come around that. And Detmer in particular was really struggling with the crash of discovery and everything. So, um, and not that I didn't enjoy that storyline, this is an important thing to explore that. But at the same time, I, as, as someone I'm quite fond of the Detmer character, it's nice to see her start being able to find her way back.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah. And just nice for it to get some, some screen time as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, think, I think the Discovery Bridge crew do, do struggle um, to mm. get screen
2: time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this goes back to what Rick was just saying. It's, it's very easy to forget that this is Michael Burnham's show. Mm. And it was always intended yeah. as such. So we, we shouldn't always assume that it's just like other Star Trek's and should be an entirely ensemble piece. Um, when, when the other characters get some focus, it's great, but ultimately uh, it is a show about Michael Burnham and it was always intended to be that. So we kind of, she is the main character and that's not going to change per se. Um, yeah. That said, I love seeing more more action with the bridge crew and you know, when they get more stuff to do. Um, mm. Particularly, I think there's there's, there's um, a really nice friendship between um, Detmer and Owo, which is which is really shone this year as well. Um, with just got like yeah. really, the the way that um, Oo was really supportive of Detma was really good through that as well. Um, and then I was terrified in the last episode that she was going to get killed. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we I was,
3: genuinely believed she would. Yeah. I
1: was I was relieved that she. Yeah. Wasn't, but spoiler alert: she
2: doesn't get killed. <laughs> <laughs> Well to be fair, if you, you knew we were recapping um series three in this episode, so you know, you've got this far, yeah. hopefully you expect you did watch it all first. You <laughs> should have stopped already, really. <laughs> you've only really got yourself to blame. Yeah. Um Yeah, so that was um that was that was a really good moment having a fly bookship. Um Yeah. And there's
1: some, there's some nice character stuff with Tilly in this episode, I think. And and Rin as well. I think they get some good scenes together. Mm. And um, and I mean, there, it doesn't feel like it's the most important episode of the season by any means. I think that's one of the things I quite liked about it, you know, because <laughs> it, it was quite a nice self-contained story. Yeah. Although it has elements that play into the greater story. Mm. Um, it's the
3: introduction of, of yeah. As, yeah. yeah, as a villain.
1: Yeah. Mm.
3: Um, I mean, it's the first time you meet her.
1: She gets... Yeah, she gets sort of taken down pretty easily in this episode, but I feel like that, Mm. again, that plays into subsequent episodes where she comes back and she's, like, super pissed off.
3: Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. What did you – I have to admit, I wasn't a huge fan of how, at the end of this episode, um, Book and his brother communicate with sea locusts and then Discovery sort of amplifies their ability to say, hey, sea locusts, come on.
3: Go back Get back to the in sea. the sea,
0: you're not land yeah. locusts.
3: We've isolated the electromagnetic connection between the sea locusts. We'll amplify it, same as we did on Kamino. All you have
0: to do is tell them where to go. It's their choice, Michael, not ours. I
3: know. I'm <laughs> totally with you on that. Right?
0: I, I just, right, I just exactly. found it a bit sort of woolly and a bit vague, and and I, I, I didn't, I didn't particularly care for it. I'm, I'm not against, mm. I'm not against kind of the book and his brother having an uh, having their ability but but that massive extension of it just to kind of fix a
1: a massive problem just seemed a bit convenient
3: yeah I agree. It, it, it
1: was i don't know it felt to me like it was just a bit of economic storytelling like they, they didn't have a whole lot of time to resolve that issue and uh, maybe there could have been a few more scenes that would have explained that better and could have had I more do drama think in it, needed but needed
3: explaining. I just think it was, as Rick said, I think it was just woolly, and they they basically mm. solved it with feelings.
1: Yeah, okay.
3: <laughs> um, I right. I mean, I'm not against kind of slight mysticism in in sci-fi. I'm pretty much for that, but this, I don't know. It's just it was the limp nature of it for me. Yeah, I. I, I
0: it's <laughs> not. It's a bit of a disservice to, I'm like. like the ability you would need to do that is is just as complicated as any sort of scientific solution to a problem. The idea that the idea that you can just kind of solve something with with mysticism is is I don't think is 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 very is a, is a very good means of, of of kind of resolving a of a, a storyline because it it does it I, I, it'd be more interesting if the, that problem still existed at the end of the episode and then we went back and. You know, like take more time to resolve that if you want to, rather than just kind of tying up yeah. in, in a neat bow at the end. It, it
1: mm-hmm. was a bit of a, a sort of a storytelling shortcut, I guess. Yeah, 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 I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't really like this episode. But <laughs> good.
3: Yeah,
2: I've got, to, I've got to admit that I hadn't actually jumped out as a thing that bothered me. Um, I thought the thrust of the story was obviously a, a, the 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 thing and the books relationship with his brother which kind of patches up um I think I think the ultimate the the whole thing about amplifying the empathic abilities just sort of struck me as a as a standard sort of star trek technobabble solution to that thing um and probably probably the more important story was the the relationship rather than the I'm. I'm not. That's not to sound disagreeing. It's it's kind of a weak thing. But I'm not. I'm not exactly new to Star Trek giving us a weak technobabble thing just to push this problem out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It it happens. You know, sometimes that's not the that's not the focus. It didn't bother me in in, in the way in in that way particularly. Um, It was just yeah. But yeah, i take your point. It was. It could have been made more of, um, particularly as book's empathic power comes to the fore in the finale as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. I, you know, I think we should, um, we should move on to the next couple of episodes because um, the whole mirror universe stuff comes up next, right? And yeah. that
3: you said that with such enthusiasm. Right?
1: I don't know. I, I, I have mixed feelings <laughs> about it. I have mixed feelings about it, and I think I feel like feel like a lot of people really enjoyed the mirror universe stuff and i i i did to some extent but i i don't i don't know it it, it felt like it was so sort of too too obvious that it was a, a way for michelle yo to exit the show and for her character to kind of have some focus um, in the last couple of episodes with her in, and I really enjoyed all of her character stuff hmm. there. But uh, don't know. I, I, it it took me out of, of the sort of main storyline in a way. Hmm. Yeah. You know, a well,
2: this is it's interesting because I I was surprised how divisive this two parter was. Um, I kind of I loved it. I absolutely adored it um and i was i was i was honestly a bit taken aback to how people there's people a lot more strongly against it than 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 you were just saying well they were like really disappointed mm. in it um so I was a bit what were, your, what were your what were your thoughts on it rick
0: so um mm. i i didn't hate it but i just felt like i think the you know i, I felt like michelle yo was great in both episodes But ultimately it felt like two episodes were used to get Michelle Yeoh's character back to, to a certain point where she can do this section 31 show or or whatever that character is going to do next. It just felt like that those episodes were used in that way. It was great. You know, it was, it was great to have a, 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 a big callback to the original series and, yeah, the city on the edge of forever. I love that. Mm. I didn't think it was particularly bad. I just thought I wasn't sure about the choice that they made to devote two episodes to to kind of kind of squaring this circle, basically, in terms of they had this as soon as Michelle Yeoh went through went into the future with the Discovery Crew. We knew that there would have would have to be some way in which she'd get back because because as far as i'm aware there was never there was never any doubt that she would at some point go on to do like a section thirty one show mm. or, or some other show so it just felt like um i'm not sure it was the best use of this time that they had in season three for to to do that thing and also i just i'm not i'm i i think it's really hard to make the the mirror universe work over an extended period of time. It's fun when you get like one episode maybe, and they're they're sort of hyper camp and evil and overly and Overly aggressive towards each other, but the longer you t- the longer you spend in that
1: world, you just realize it doesn't make any sense.
3: Mm. Make any sense. Yeah, like, how, how would that how society that, persist?
1: That's it. How could it possibly work? Yeah, no could one could they, ever trust yeah,
3: anyone. Yeah, how no. could they reach this point where they're they're running the universe when they're they're just literally squabbling over the scraps all the time so Mm.
0: it was more it was more that i didn't hate it but i just found i just found myself having these thoughts about it and i thought i'd rather have i'd rather have this i'd rather have like a neat explanation for michelle Yeoh Mm. going back to her whatever time she's going back to in one episode and then we have an extra episode for a bit more time with
1: you know the discovery crew and the main storyline and one one thing that I thought about this one when we sort of got to the to the point of it in the end was was something that um, Rick ever said. A point you make about um, the inner light is actually, but what what actually did happen? Like, <laughs> did, did she go back in time uh, to a point in time in the mirror universe? Like was she was she really an, there? Did she actually or,
3: have an effect? There, yeah, or was this all a construct? Did she f- basically free the um, uh, the uh, mirror universe, Saru, and and the rest, and the mm. Kelpians? D- I- yeah what what, what really happened? yeah what really ha- oh, or I, was it like a sort of a, a just a, a construct
1: yeah like a learning experience yeah. for her and then but if and if that was the case what did, did we she learn? did we need two episodes
3: <laughs> what did she what, it really didn't really yeah,
1: happen also, I, I don't
3: know but she's not
1: not as evil not as, as, as she yeah. used to be because it's
3: not like they didn't free her from that universe they just ended up sending her back to a time when it wasn't as far away from that universe so that she wouldn't glitch out all the time.
1: Yeah. Um.
3: So it's not like she's had that, that it's not severed the connection. She hasn't, she's just learned what she basically knew already, that she's actually probably quite prefers to be in this universe. Yeah. And I don't know but
1: I did like all that character stuff. I d- I did genuinely I think enjoy it. The second episode that, but...
3: was was I enjoyed that more than the first episode, but mm. I just I hated the fact that we're in this in the third season where we're exploring this new universe and we're finding out all about what what's happened to societies mm. uh, between those points and and then suddenly all of that momentum is stopped. We've got two episodes when we've gone back to the mirror universe, which, as as you say, someone said, is fun for a short period of time, but after mm. a while, it just gets irritating and may not even have happened may anyway. Not even have happened anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then what do you what what have you got at the end of it? And um, ah, mm. uh, yeah, no, I I wasn't a huge fan. Of that section
1: let, Well, um, Rick Everson, you, you were a big fan of this episode So let's let, let's, let's, let let's you us a positive a Yeah, yeah Because <laughs> I mean, a lot of people did enjoy it
2: You guys aren't, you, you're not wrong It is, a, it, is it does take you out of the overall story But one of the things I found about this season Was that it is more A series of more Self-contained stories With some little bits that connect um, so I didn't, I, I didn't, that didn't bother me too much in that we had this thing, and also I also kind of looked at it as being a showcase for Michelle Yeo because the section 31 series announced, we're still not had any start date on it, it's been announced for a long time and nothing seems to be progressing. So, you know, and if, if it happens, brilliant. If it doesn't happen, at least we've got this showcase where Michelle Yeo basically carried two episodes herself, uh, which was which I just really, really enjoyed. Um yeah. I've never I've never taken the Mirror Universe thing too seriously because, I mean, Rom does a massively brilliant um, over-analysis of it in the last one on Deep Space Nine that the whole thing makes no sense. You know, there's, there's this lovely meta thing that this is just absolute bollocks, but let's just go with it because it's always a lot of fun. So I kind of always treated the Mirror Universe like that. Um, so it's like, hey, okay, Michelle Yeoh is going to go. She's going to get a chance to kick a lot of ass. Uh, for two episodes, and ultimately Giorgio gets to learn a bit of a lesson. I don't think she had realized at that point that she preferred this universe, but um, I think it's almost like Way of the Warrior when Garrick and Quark talk about root beer and the Federation and how insidious the values are mm. she's she's gradually been infected by these bloody federation values and is almost you know developing goodness a little bit. Um, and that sets her up. Um, I think it's an alternate mirror universe timeline that probably the Guardian of Forever deliberately branched off just to show her this lesson. Um, I loved the inclusion of the Guardian of Forever because a) it makes sense for the mechanics of this, and b) it's a lovely callback.
1: Um, well, yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, that was great. There's a version of you that's breathing your last breath in a mirror universe, but that
3: version doesn't fit so well anymore, doesn't. Who are you? Really? Really? I am
2: the guardian of forever. I'm, I'm, I'm not in disagreement with you. It takes you out of the uh, of the story. Yes, but it was it was always going to have to be served, and you know, it's just it's a two episode Michelle Yeoh showcase. I can't I can't be that mm-hmm. mad at them for that. The one <laughs> you know, it's cool. the one thing that bugs okay. me. It is the overly the overly appreciative thing at the end when everyone's having drinks and going all about oh that Georgia, you know. She was a big yeah. the <laughs> Hitler type, yeah. but God, I'll miss her. I kind of feel I, like... loved, her, I loved her boots. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Philippa Giorgio, uh, she was tough. She was a force to be reckoned with and um, she pretty much redefined the word badass.
1: <laughs> oh, and can I just add that she had the best walk. With that coat and those boots, and
3: nothing intimidated. I
2: kind, I kind of wish that maybe, like Burnham and maybe Culber. Been had been like that, but the others had all been like. Actually, do you know what? She killed a lot of people, and she was kind of yeah, a bitch. She, was,
3: she was
1: genuinely a murderer. <laughs> yeah.
2: and she was really mean. And she was quite ant. horrible. And yeah. and some people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Bearing bear in mind, none of them were privy to the events of the, of the two episodes um, in the mirror universe and her sort of whatever you want to call it, redemption or real or epiphany or whatever. So they kind of. Still, see that that she is a bit of a horrible person. So I kind of feel they're all a bit too nice on her. Burnham obviously has a very yeah. complex relationship with her, so I could see her being a uh, yeah being a bit mixed. And Culber's very much like, well, you know, she she was trying to help us ultimately, even if she was a bit. So I think he might have been a bit more on on side with her, but I'm, I don't think everyone would have been that sort of. Oh, I'll miss her. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I guess it was an opportunity for the for the characters and the actors are supposed to have a scene where they, they sort of get to, to say goodbye to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. But I do, I do think it'd be better if at least one character was like, does no one remember the fact that she killed and ate people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Come on, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the same person. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's that- it, 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 was, it was... Those episodes were weirdly structured because... We're a good sort of 20 minutes or so into the first episode when we make the jump to the Mirror Universe. Mm. And then from that point on, it's a Michelle Yeoh show. But until that point, it's sort of playing like a normal episode. And then we also come back from the Mirror Universe about maybe sort of two-thirds of the way through the mm. um, the second episode. So it's... It, <sighs> I don't know. It's not actually quite a two-parter in the Merry Universe. It's like one one and a bit episodes in the Merry Universe. Mm. I, I, I would be interesting to know what the thinking was behind that, what, why they made that decision. I don't know whether I like it or not, because it it really wrong-footed me in that first episode. And I like things that take me by surprise. I just don't know whether it kind of worked that well or not yeah
2: so that's that's inconclusive isn't it (laughs) obviously it didn't jar me but um i can see that and i think i think that's probably what the, the sign of how they were trying to balance their standalone story against the continuing story um yeah i kind of feel like this year they've made a more concerted effort to really silo individual stories out but just keep the thread going it's almost like it's almost like they managed it Doctor Who with the, the Bad Wolf thread going through Not, they didn't go quite to that extent they didn't keep it that obscure but there was, there was definitely I think you can highlight more individual stories that build the arc without having you know without being so continuous um, and then obviously that mirror two part is a designated two part and then you have the final three which again kind of like a final three part mm-hmm. thing so
1: yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah. Should we should we move on to the final three? Well, I was going to say,
2: with the time mm-hmm. as it is, are we are we going to split this? And I think we're going to have to, aren't we? Yeah. So, is this a good yeah, point? Maybe we to, should. Is this a good point to sign off and say we'll talk about the final three parts and have a bit more, a bit more of our thoughts on these series as, as a whole, and a bit more of the, what people t- said to us on Twitter. Because you know, all those guys on Twitter they basically provide our content for us if we if we play this right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I same, like same us a lot
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent call. Um because uh, we are uh, we're gonna have plenty to say about these final three episodes because they're really important. Absolutely. Like. Yeah. So yeah, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Let's um say goodbye and c- please join us for the second part of this mm. where we'll talk about the end of season three.
3: Thanks, mm-hmm.
2: Dave. Thank you. Yeah. Thank
3: you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. See you later. Bye.
2: Bye. Do you realize how incredible this is? Perhaps tradition. You ever noticed her bum? What? that's bum. Oh, no. I will say. I will say. Fewer things.
3: Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self indulgence.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.lowerdecksradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10 backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 You can also email us at crew at on a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Wilt Herland, Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick, and Rick Palmer's Twitter is at MrImhotep.
2: Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon, uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects, like uh, keeping our website up to date uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash uh, If you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love if you could subscribe to us on so however you get your podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative.
1: Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the Ten Backward Crew.
0: Let's make sure history never forgets the name
1: Ten Backward. Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? Ten backward. Ten backward.
3: The union of the Vulcan and the Romulan people will not be achieved by politics or
2: by diplomacy, but it will be achieved. Like the first Vulcans, these people are struggling toward a new enlightenment. And it may take decades or even centuries for them to reach it, but they will reach it, and I must help.